This is my last message for 2020. It's hard to believe that the end of this year, the end of 2020 is upon us. Next week, we'll gather around the TV or computer for our annual Lessons and Carols experience. A beautiful communal retelling of the Christmas story through verse and song. And then the following week is our annual Sunday Sabbath. And then 2021. It's really hard to believe that this is the last message for 2020. It, it actually snuck up on me. Where has this year gone? And as the realization hit me, I, I was overwhelmed with emotion, with anxiety, with grief and relief. This has been a year for all of us. We've each had our own sets of challenges, from, from navigating work from home environments to remote learning for our children, enduring the loss of parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles and cousins, friends, to an insidious virus that we've allowed to run unabated. Whether that virus be COVID-19 or the virus of misinformation, mistruths, lies, and conspiracy theories, we've lost a lot. And together, together we've experienced a lot as well. The, the protests for justice that continue on a daily basis in our city, launched in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. Six and a half months now. Six and a half months of sustained protest here in the city, stretching all the way back to May 29th. The fight for black lives in our city, in the, in the criminal justice system, from policing to the youth jail protests have, for the moment, moved the needle as our police department is being held in contempt of court for the indiscriminate use of force. And the youth jail has been worked out, is being phased out by 2025. Or the fight for justice in our Seattle public schools, as the inequity is laid bare and students of color are continually under-resourced underserved and, yes, even abused. Earlier this month, KUOW ran a story of an eight-year-old black boy here in the city being punished at school by being locked outdoors in a cage all day. And this happened not once, but on several occasions. A black third grader in an almost all-white school here in Seattle, placed behind an outdoor fenced-in space, locked in with a chain and a padlock. All around us are systems and structures perfectly designed to achieve the results that they get. They're not broken. They work exactly as they are meant. And it's exhausting, isn't it? Waiting for the world to be made right. Waiting for systems and structures of injustice and oppression to be laid bare, to be torn down and dismantled. Waiting, waiting, waiting. All this waiting, it's exhausting. I, I love how the brilliant poet Langston Hughes put it into words in 1930 in his poem titled, Tired. I'm so tired of waiting, aren't you? For the world to become good and beautiful and kind. Let us take a knife and cut the world in two and see what worms are eating at the rind. And we, as a people of hope, 
who long for these systems to be broken up, who long for these structures to be torn down and laid bare, exposed for the evil that they perpetrate. We find ourselves longing with the longing of Mary, a 16-year-old girl from a poor family, from the wrong side of town. A 16-year-old girl who not only submits herself to the plans of God, but gives permission to God to act. Can, can we stop there for a moment as an aside? Mary, the mother of Jesus, doesn't succumb to the power or authority of God. She, she isn't a victim in God's plan, an unwilling participant, a woman used. No, she, she agrees to the plan. She gives God permission. Yes, God, may it happen as you have said. And that's so important because for so long, Scripture has been misapplied and weaponized in the hands of the powerful, has been used as a justification for the unjust treatment of women throughout history. But here, God is granted permission by Mary. Not because she's more powerful than God, but because God loves her because God respects her, because God allows us to be willing participants in his plan to redeem the world, to take on injustice, to take on the wrongs and ills, and to make change together. In the midst of all the injustice that surrounds us, we, we long for change, just like Mary, the mother of Jesus, who upon learning she was chosen to carry the Savior of the world, the one who had been promised, the one whom they were told for ages would begin the process of putting the world back in order, of cutting the world in two with a knife and root out the worms that were eating at the rind. Upon learning she was the blessed mother of the promise, she exclaimed, God has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Mary's hope for justice, for the systems and structures of oppression to be toppled, to be torn asunder, and for the righteousness of God to be made known was a cry for hope for all the people. It was a cry of hope throughout the centuries for you and for me. You see, Jesus was the child of the promise that, that finally the days of injustice and oppression, of wrongs and lies and myths truths, that, that those days were numbered, that God was coming near, that God was putting on flesh to be with us here on earth once again. That this world we inhabit would be made whole once again in the not-too-distant future. And this is the point of Advent. An opportunity for us to look back over the year that was and reflect, to see the worms eating at the rind, to taste the injustice that is continually perpetrated by the systems and structures we fail to tear down. And yet, see that right in front of us, the child of promise, Jesus, it's right there over the horizon. You see, things are not as they should be. That's a no-brainer, whether in our nation, in our city, in our homes, in our lives. Things are not as they should be. But hope? Hope is right there on the horizon. Hope is coming to rescue us, to put things back together, to dismantle the systems and structures that destroy and usher in the hope of wholeness in all things. And that hope, that hope has a name. 
Jesus. This year, I've spent some time reading the letters and writings of the small number of German Christians who stood against Nazism and Hitler and paid for it with their lives. One of the leaders within the German resistance who was hanged for his opposition was a Jesuit priest named Alfred Delp. Alfred wrote a lot of letters and reflections on Advent and the Christmas season while in prison. But one in particular really stood out to me. Delp wrote about Advent. He said, Advent is the time of promise. It is not yet the time of fulfillment. We are still in the midst of everything, still filled with the noise of destruction and annihilation, the shouts of self-assurance and arrogance, the weeping of despair and hopelessness. But around about the horizon, the eternal realities stand silent in their age-old longing. There shines on them already the first mild light of the radiant fulfillment to come. You see, we live in this tension. We live in this place where Christ has come, but but the fullness is not yet quite here. We inhabit the already, but not yet. And here in this space, we see the injustice, we see the pain, we see the death, we see the turmoil all around us, and we, we point it out and we cry out, this is not right, this is not how it's supposed to be. But in Jesus, in Jesus, we see the way forward. In Jesus, we see the hope of restoration. In Jesus, we see possibility. In Jesus, we see what is to come. This is why I follow Jesus, why I have devoted my life to him, because I see the world around me. I see the way that it is, a world filled with lies and mistruths, conspiracy theories, false messiahs and false hopes, a world that is suffocating with words and starved of love. And I know that this is not the way it's supposed to be. The Bible tells me so. And yet I believe so deeply in this Jesus who will come to restore this world, to put it all back together, and that you and I, that together we have a role to play in making this a reality because of Jesus that we can take a knife to the world, cut it in two, and see what worms are eating at the rind. This is the hope that sits at the core of my heart. This is the hope that I have in Jesus, that, that through him and because of him, restoration can be found in my relationship with God and with others, with myself, and with this world. You see, I, I believe that we stand at the precipice of hope. And you can have this hope too. You can follow after this Jesus who promises restoration, who promises wholeness, who promises that this world will be made right, that the kingdom of God has come near, that that through the body of a 16-year-old girl as a vulnerable baby boy ready to usher in a new way and a new world of hope. And I wonder, what do you hope for right now? What sits at the core of your heart? What are your deepest longings for wholeness and rightness? I know that for myself, I find my longing through the words of Jesus when he taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
I long for the kingdom of God to be here now, where wholeness is found in abundance and the healing and restoration of all things is present. It's the hope that's found in the words of Mary, who exclaimed, He has scattered the proud. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Mary's words. Hope. Hope has come. Hope has a name. Hope is Jesus. As we enter deeper into this blessed season of Advent, I, I want to leave you with a blessing of hope written by Ariel Nishamali. At this darkest time of the year, as two great lights converge, we find the candle of hope. Let us say a prayer of hope for our world. Hope for more light in a world where there is too much darkness. Hope for understanding between all people of the world. Hope for unity in a world of divisiveness. Hope for comfort and healing in a world with too much pain and suffering. Hope for warmth in a world that is becoming ever colder. Hope for peace, peace in our hearts, peace in our world. Let us illuminate the dark places, filling them with light, candle by candle. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Grace and peace to you.